I think consumers are shopping so differently. You know, they can buy within moments, you know, when they're on TikTok, they can buy in the store. There's just so many things to think about where you need to have this end-to-end strategy to make sure that they have kind of this seamless experience throughout their shopping journey. You're listening to Identity Revolution, a podcast from the consumer identity management experts at Infutor Data Solutions. In each episode, we invite industry leaders for data-driven discussions on all things marketing, analytics, and identity. Join us as we take a deep dive into industry trends, strategies, and the future of data technology. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Infutor Data Solutions Identity Revolution podcast. My name is Corey Davis. I lead the MarTech, AdTech, and Media Vertical Ecosystem and Category here at it. And very, very excited to have our, our guest today, Allison Lundy. Allison is VP of Retail Media Strategy, Publicis. I'm saying it the American way. <laughs> she has been there since August of 21, so, so pretty new. Before joining, spent close to 20 years in agency land across a whole bunch of agencies. The first one is the hardest one to say, VMLYNR, TPN, the marketing arm, collaborative marketing group, and the marketing store, all with a focus on shopper marketing, an area that I spent like 11 weeks at my first show in college. So a special place in my heart for that. Currently, she's spending her time advising and supporting a CPG client for publicists on the wild and crazy and exploding world of retail media. So very excited to have her. Allison, thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Corey. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk to you more about retail media. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. So to, to get us started, I guess, beyond my sort of intro there. I guess, give the audience a little bit more, more depth, a little bit more details on this winding world of agency land. My agency tour. Well, I started back at, like you said, the marketing store and there I worked on consumer products, which was really considered like toys that went in cereal boxes, as well as national promotions. So any kind of sweepstakes and the toy part was like very fun because you were figuring out how do you take this expensive item and all of a sudden create something that's 20 cents to put into a box of Cheerios. So I had a good time there, but ended up leaving and following a boss from there that I really enjoyed working with to a shopper agency, which hadn't heard of before then, but I quickly learned and ended up spending most of my, the rest of my career there. But I started learning about Shopper. I think my parents kept asking like, so what are you doing? Are you making coupons? I think at one point my title was director of cardboard and shelf talks because anytime you walked in the store, I might be able to point out like, I did that. I did that sign. So as things have evolved over the years, started to get closer to digital media since that started becoming a big portion of Shopper. And in the last few years, as it's become more important, decided to take this role with Publicis just because now it's just become so important. And I think this role that I'm in now, I sit in the central commerce practice where I'm able to support all of our different agency and client teams to really understand how to help their clients win on retailers and retail media networks. Got it. Got it. Okay. And love the director of cardboard. That's a solid. <laughs> yeah. You go back to that one. That's legitimate. And obviously anybody who's Anywhere in ad tech, martech, media, agency, marketing, 
I think we all deal with our, our parents not having we actually do for a living. Yes. No, yes. I think that's pretty standard. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so, okay. So you're sitting inside the agency, obviously advising clients. I mean, that's exclusively sort of the CPG group, right? That are investing in retail, um, that, yeah. that kind of category or no? Yeah, not just CPG. I think, well, the different retailers are going after those dollars from non-endemic partners. So they're looking to find out, you know, can Toyota, can GM, can they advertise on their site based on any sort of past purchase behavior that might point to somebody needing a new car? So you might be having a baby soon and you need a bigger a van or things like that. So now we're really advising all of our clients, not just the kind of fast moving consumer goods. Got it. Got it. Interesting. And so there is seemingly an endless list here of companies that are now retail media. I'm going to, I'm going to run through this. So there's traditional offline retailers like Walmart Connect, Round, Roundell from Target, Walgreens Advertising Group, CBS Media Exchange, Kroger Precision Marketing, Home Depot. I don't know that Home Depot has a specific one. I couldn't find it. Home Depot. Plus there's the sort of digital native e-commerce businesses like eBay and Instacart. And I'm sure all of them would love if we never talked about the 800 pound gorilla of Amazon. So if you're Procter and Gamble, you're Kimberly Clark, you're somebody like that, and you got endless CPG products and in theory sort of uh, limit, you don't have an endless budget. How are you advising those clients on where to spend the money? where to focus that money, what to try out, what to completely forget about. How do you deal with all yeah, that with yeah. the, the never ending hype cycle of press releases, whatever that, that they're all very good at? Right. I think it's really highly dependent on the individual categories and the individual products. So we're working with clients right now to deliver investment strategies kind of based on the business situation at each retailer. So I might need to really focus on Dollar General because that's where I sell a big bulk of my products versus, you know, I might sell laundry detergent at Lowe's, but maybe that's not uh, enough scale for me to place any funds there. We're really advising them to kind of step back and we use something called retailer prioritization, where we really look at the scope of the business at each retailer and find out how are your products performing now? What's your current share of voice there? you know, what's the opportunity at each to then really be able to say, here's what you should be spending at each. Got it. Got it. And I totally miss Dollar General. They're oh, a big yes. in this case. My research was limited. Okay. <laughs> so this question might be a little harder. There are a lot of them. They're not yes, all going to yeah. end. Somebody like somebody's going to shut it down. Eventually, probably a whole bunch of them are going to shut it down. Eventually. Who are you, who are you picking today? as winners. Again, we already mentioned, so I got Amazon just very recently unveiled the numbers behind their sort of advertising business. Now that's not all retail media, but that's advertising business, $31 billion. The only other one who's broken out the number is Walmart, $2.1 billion. So I would bet Walmart is bigger than everybody else. And they're a 15th of the size of Amazon. So who are you, who are you picking as long-term winners in this big category? Yeah. I actually saw yesterday that there was a number from Target. I don't know if it was official, but around 1 billion. Okay. And then I saw, excuse me, a number from 
uh, Nordstrom and theirs was 40 million, which is interesting because, you know, I think we forget that Nike might advertise on Nordstrom or some of these more higher end brands will be advertising on networks like that versus a P&G that's going to be more mm-hmm. kind of focused on Amazon and Walmart. But I feel like they're all doing things to win. And while Amazon is very big, unlike Walmart, they don't have all the locations where they can reach people in a physical sense. So once people, I think people are back in stores already, are there opportunities throughout their, I think, 4,000 plus locations to start monetizing screens in store, which they're already doing. So I think they'll have those opportunities where they can catch up more. I don't know what the numbers will be, but I think there is still a lot of opportunity for a lot of the networks to reach their shoppers in a different way. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's almost like the challenge for the long term would seem to be if you're Walmart or if you're anybody else outside of Amazon, it would seem like the challenge would be to convince people to use your thing instead of Amazon, right? There's Procter and Gable, there's whoever that wants to spend lots and lots of money with Walmart. But if everybody's buying whatever the laundry detergent is that Procter and Gamble has, whichever one it is, if everybody's buying that on Amazon, that's your challenge, right? So how did, so, okay, we're both marketers. How do you market the retail media network as Walmart? Yeah, I think part of what they're doing is really growing their offerings. So instead of what used to be, I can buy a display ad, I can buy a search on walmart.com. I now have all these other partners. So if I'm on a recipe site and I am searching for, you know, the best lasagna recipe and I can very quickly add every single ingredient to my cart, that's really a benefit to buy media through Walmart because then I'm letting my shopper know you can very easily shop for all these items. I can tell you how much this recipe costs to feed your family. And it's just a very simple and easy checkout process. So I think that's why we're seeing this explosion of these partnerships with the retail media networks, whether it's Roku or any OTT CTV partners, as well as other shoppable partners. That's making it very, it's just making it more enticing for them to work with them more and spend yep. more dollars with them. Yep. And obviously it, it would seem to me like one of the, obviously what we carry around at Inchitor, one of the big reasons that these things popped up is that all of those businesses have incredible first party data assets, huge scale, pretty accurate, like across kind of everybody. They have this big CRM, this big first party data set they've been investing heavily in over yep. the years. So I guess on the where whereas traditionally cpg has pretty limited first party data on their own because they're selling through retailers and wherever else how are you seeing the cpg like sort of leverage that data inside that system to get the best sort of ideal outcomes i think they're obviously tapping into the data to buy the media and there's been a lot of clean room solutions recently I know our Epsilon team has been working with Walgreens lately on that offering. So not only can I use what Walgreens has, but now I can start taking our core ID and understand, okay, what are some other inputs? If that person does shop at another retailer, how can I now use that information to my benefit at a Walgreens, for instance? I think they're also a lot of 
our retailers are starting to give us access to these insight dashboards. So now when I'm planning a campaign, I can understand basket data. I can understand purchase cycle. I can see, you know, somebody buys Coke, you know, are they also buying Doritos or what else is in their basket? So that maybe I can cross promote or find kind of new ways to get really creative about targeting people and getting them to. Got it. Got it. Love it. Okay. And so to take a step back outside of retail media, you've been in agency land for almost 20 years. I have. How has it changed? How has it stayed the same? And then also what's the pitch specifically for publicists? Where are the strengths today, specifically for the agency you're at? I think agencies used to be able to truly specialize in what they did. They were in a particular lane. You worked with an integrated agency team to really say, okay, no, this is what I do. This is what you do. You know, let's come together and, and make it work together. And I don't think that's efficient anymore. I think consumers are shopping so differently. You know, they can buy within moments, you know, when they're on TikTok, they can buy in the store. There's just so many things to think about where you need to have this end to end strategy to make sure that they have kind of this seamless experience throughout their shopping journey. So I think at Pulisys, where we offer a power of one solution. So there's a client-centric approach where we pull kind of the best from all of the agencies so that we can service you with no competition between outside agencies, but really bringing our best to make sure that we're giving you the solution that's going to actually drive your business. I think there's obviously a lot of consolidation with agencies. So I think that's kind of what the future will be. I definitely miss some of the old school agency things, you know, like your Mad Men Day stuff. <laughs> I think we definitely, even with COVID, we've lost even more of that. So I think, you know, moving forward, we're looking at how can we make sure that we still have this good agency culture while we're also evolving with the times. Yeah. I mean, the Mad Men thing, leave alone the drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever, and all, all kinds of other stuff like that. But the sort of creative-led brand building stuff, storytelling thing, it can be done today. I mean, yeah. I think there was some controversy around the uh, Coinbase ad. That's super yes. cool. Water up. But I mean, whoever made the ad and wherever it came from, whatever, nobody's denying that it was incredible because it stood out. It drove some sort of action, you know, and it was a sliver moment in time that was probably worth the $12 million or whatever they paid for it. Yeah. So, you know, there's, again, controversy around where that ad came from, I think. Maybe yes. it was from an agency. Maybe it wasn't. I wasn't there. <laughs> but there's certainly endless capabilities for storytelling. Yeah. It's funny you bring that one up because years ago on Cardboard, we used to talk about adding QR codes and would anybody actually click on this QR code to go to our site to either, you know, get recipes or enter to win a sweepstakes so we could collect that first party data. And so when I saw that ad, which I did run up to the TV to click, I just thought it was funny. You know, it was effective. People did it. And so I think you can't argue it. It worked, even though it didn't have a lot of brand building, but it really sparked a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who could have predicted that the QR code is one of the big winners of the last 24 months. I mean, like, right. <laughs> right. Like I think we're getting them. All. <laughs> I mean, technology has existed for like 15 years. 
And like, yes. it has always been like, oh, why would I ever do this? Like, I mean, I remember 15 years ago seeing billboards with that and like, I don't know, it went right. away, it came back and here it is and it's working. So whether it's Coinbase or anybody else, lots of people are using that. So, okay. So just looking at time here, outside of, we can chill with the retail media stuff and the agency lane stuff outside of the day job. What are you spending your time on? Are you reading a lot? You, I'm exercising a lot, like too much, probably. Really? Yeah. Have you are joined you the Peloton or are you just doing a gym time? I did my first triathlon uh, last summer ah. and I was immediately hooked like four months before I even did it, like in the training. So, I mean, like it's silly. I'm like, I'm training like two hours a day. Wow. I need hobbies outside of that. But <laughs> where are you spending your time on? Well, I live in Los Angeles and I live by the beach. And so I work East Coast hours. So as soon as kind of the afternoon is over, I am out at the beach trying to get some sun, but either going for a walk or a bike ride or going to the gym at some point. Also, what have I been watching? Abbott Elementary is my new kind of favorite. It's like the office version, but of teachers. And that's been kind of a nice, lighthearted break from everything that's going on in the world. And of course, I'm shopping, as always. Yeah. <laughs> it. I don't know that I've ever even heard of Abbott Elementary. Oh, I'll yes. To, I'll have to check that out. And so I guess lastly, where can the audience go to find you, to connect it to you, learn more about Publicis, the job, you, et cetera? They can go to publicistcommerce.com. And learn more about what we do from the center and what we do for our clients. And we go definitely beyond retail media, but I focus on retail media and that's kind of my passion, but lots more to offer. Awesome. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Audience, we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to Identity Revolution. For more data-driven discussion, subscribe to Identity Revolution on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And for more on how Infutor can improve your data strategy across your entire enterprise, visit infutor.com.